Welcome back to The Wisdom Journey, where Stephen Davey is teaching you through all 66 books of the Bible with a new lesson each weekday. I'm your host, Scott Wiley. Today, Stephen continues through the Gospels. To be one of Christ's loyal subjects is to be part of a steadily growing kingdom. No earthly treasure is of greater value than being a citizen of that kingdom. This lesson is called Transformation from the Inside Out. Well, we've been studying together Jesus' busiest recorded day in Scripture. He's over there in Galilee. It's a turning point. It's the, it's the same day Israel officially rejects their Messiah. And from this day, in fact, all the way to the cross, parables are going to become the Lord's primary means of communicating with Israel. Now, those who follow Jesus, uh, who seek his wisdom, they're going to be given an explanation from Jesus. But those who, those who are rejecting him, they're going to remain ignorant of the true meaning of these parables. Now, here in Matthew chapter 13, where we find ourselves today, Jesus, he's going to deliver another fascinating kingdom parable. He says here in verse 33, The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Now, some Bible students note that leaven is frequently used in Scripture as a symbol for sin, and that's true, but that's not true here. Jesus is using the permeating, expanding influence of leaven to describe how the kingdom is developing. In other words, the kingdom of God is silent. It's unseen, but it's working from the inside out. And one day, it will permeate everything. Now, in Jesus' day, bread was usually prepared by using a, a piece of dough with active yeast in it from a previous batch of dough. And let me tell you, this woman evidently here is making an awful lot of bread. We're told here she's working with three measures of flour. That's a bushel of flour. Well, let me put it this way. That's 16 five-pound bags of flour. By the time you, you add all the water, that's 128 cups. That's the standard recipe to this amount. You're going to have over 100 pounds of dough on your hands. Well, with just a little bit of sourdough that's leavened from her last batch of dough, look at the influence. Look at the impact so quickly. Something small, something insignificant is at work on the inside. See, Jesus is revealing that the kingdom of God is going to begin small, but it will eventually influence the entire world. And we've seen some of that growth, haven't we? The gospel of Christ began with just a handful of disciples. Then you have the establishment of just one church in Jerusalem. Well, over the past 2,000 years during this dispensation of the church, the church age, what's happened? Well, the number of kingdom citizens of that future kingdom, well, that's grown exponentially. The Lord today is reigning internally in the lives of his subjects, but there's coming a day when he will reign externally 
in his thousand-year kingdom on earth with you and me co-reigning with him. Listen, beloved, when you receive by faith the Lord Jesus as your king, he begins working like leaven inside of you. He's transforming your life from the inside out. And what does he want to do? He wants us to represent him in permeating the world around us for his glory. Well, Matthew now stops recording the chronological flow of of this very busy day. And here in verse 34, he makes an editorial comment. He says, all these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. Then Matthew begins to quote Psalm 78, verse 2, here in verse 35. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. I love that. Jesus is actually fulfilling prophecy here in this teaching method. He's revealing the plan of God through different aspects of Israel's rebellious history that previously had been unknown. Now he's explaining it through parables. This is another way Matthew is saying here to this Jewish audience, look, here's your Messiah. He's doing what what the psalmist prophesied. Jesus is your king. Well, here in verse 36, Matthew writes that Jesus then left the crowds and went into the house. Now, this is where he explains the parable of the wheat and tares to his disciples. But it also indicates that the remaining parables aren't going to be given to the crowd of unbelievers out there in the street, but to a a smaller group in the house, primarily his disciples. This is going to prepare the disciples for their life and ministry following his crucifixion and resurrection. Jesus now delivers a parable just to them, here in verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Jesus is presenting the idea here that the kingdom is hidden, but it's discovered by someone who has genuine interest. They really want the treasure of Christ in his kingdom. Now, almost in the same breath, Jesus delivers another parable here in verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. By the way, in these days, pearls were the most sought-after form of wealth. Divers, during the days of Christ, were hunting for pearls in the Red Sea, the Persian Gulf, the Indian Ocean. Some pearls could be worth the equivalent of millions of dollars today. Now, this parable is similar to that of the hidden treasure. But here, uh, rather than someone stumbling upon a treasure out there in the field, this person here is actively seeking after the treasure, a pearl of great price. This pearl represents the kingdom of heaven. And again, to that individual, it's a priceless treasure that they want more than anything. Well, how are the Lord's disciples going to apply these parables? How's this going to equip them for life and ministry after the Lord ascends back to heaven? Well, the challenge Jesus is presenting to his disciples is to be mindful of those who are seeking the pearl of great price people who want the kingdom of God, uh, people who want to know who the Messiah King happens to be. Well, help them find him. 
more than that, help them cherish the Lord and his coming kingdom as the eternal treasure that it truly is. Now, beginning here in verse 47, we have the parable of the net. Jesus says here, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. Well, that kind of reminds me of the Great Commission. How about you in Matthew chapter 28? You're making disciples of all the nations. Jesus adds here in verse 48, when the net was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh, let me tell you, beloved, we're not, we're not fishing for fun here. We're fishing with eternity in mind. People's eternal destiny hangs upon their reception or their rejection of King Jesus. The Jewish leaders were teaching that, you know, simply being a son or daughter of Abraham by blood relation, well, that, that's enough to get you into the kingdom. Jesus, he sets that aside. Righteousness here doesn't mean you are perfect. It means to be right with God, and you become right with God by faith in Christ. Being a member of Abraham's family line isn't good enough. You, you got to belong to the family of God by faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Now, at this point, Jesus sort of stops, and he asks his disciples a question here in verse 51. Have you understood all these things? And they say to him, yes. Well, I, I think they're being a little overconfident, but they get, they get an A plus uh, for following Jesus as their Lord and King, as all the nation is essentially rejecting him. Now, with that, Jesus gives them one more parable It's found here in verse 52. Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure or storeroom what is new and what is old. Now, Jesus here basically gives his disciples the role of scribes. Scribes were lawyers. They were the teachers of the law among the Jewish people. So the disciples are to become teachers to their people and beyond. So like the master of a house who wisely manages his storehouse of crops and assets and property, the disciples are being trained how to teach what is new and what is old. That is, teach the truths of both the new covenant and that old covenant. You know what pastors and teachers and evangelists and missionaries and Sunday school teachers and Bible study leaders are doing? Well, the same thing to this very day. What our world needs today isn't somebody's opinion. It doesn't need a pep talk. It doesn't need some kind of positive lecture on how I can feel better about myself or my world. No, our world needs the Word of God, truths from the Old Testament that can be applied in this dispensation to the church today, and truths from the New Testament, which are written for the believer today this is, this is all going to transform our lives. And it's going to do it, how? From the inside out. But don't forget, beloved, eternity is at stake 
in how people respond to the truth of the Word of God. Well, until our next wisdom journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. If you were blessed by what you heard today, you might want to explore more of Stephen's discipleship resources. Stephen's been teaching the Bible for over 37 years and has developed an extensive collection of resources to help you grow in your faith. All of that is available at wisdomonline.org. His articles, books, audio, and video lessons are all there. Join us next time to continue the wisdom journey.